When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in to uh, 11 Personnel, presented by our friends at Monticello Bank. Monticello Bank, they, they go wherever the Wildcats fans go with their GoNBC mobile app, bank at home or at the game, or if you need to come see us, they're right around the corner. 21 locations across the Commonwealth for over 128 years. Monticello Bank, it's where the people matter. It means competitive loans, deposit rates, as well as a wide variety of customer-focused financial services, making your life a little easier. Stop by. Visit NBCBank.com today, Monticello Bank, where people matter. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. Big shout-out to our friends at Monticello Bank for making this happen. I'm Nick Roush. He's Adam Luckett. And a big shout-out to tonight's guest, Roger Sherman, where he's going to talk football. We I know a lot of you here want to hear about Eric Wolford and you have takes. We've got we've got, we've got got a lot to get to later, Luckett, but we're going to have some fun first because uh, the guy with the Western shirt and the Tulane hat's here. So we got to have a little bit of fun. Yeah. Roger – Took on an experiment this season, Nick, that me and you talk about doing just on a smaller scale, just like going to a bunch of games one weekend, but he did it for an entire season. So very interested to just, what are the takeaways? What are like the boots on the ground takeaways from some of these places he went to? I I, I just was following the whole time. So Roger, thank you for joining us. Uh, you're crazy, and we love it. I, yeah. I, I, was, I was watching the whole time just like, oh my gosh, I, I have so many questions. So but first things first, are you crazy? Like what? A little bit, yeah. I mean, um, I uh, quit my job and went to sixty-two college football games. I, I don't think, I don't think, like I don't know what definitions you use for uh, sanity, but that's def- that's not a good idea. It's it's definitely not a good idea or a smart thing to do. Uh, but I had a great time. Game. Did you try yeah. to double dip it and be like, "Hey, I'll go to all these games and, and write about them"? Did you did you try to fold that idea out there to the bosses at all, or were you just like, "Screw it, I'm going to hit the road running"? I'm gonna I, I'm going to write some stuff. I'm gonna, I'm trying to write a book about it. I put out my own YouTube videos and stuff about it. Um, I didn't get to do as much of it because I was driving like pretty much all day every day. Um, uh, so I didn't actually get to like make all the videos and write all the stuff I wanted to, but, um, yeah, it's a pretty tough sell to anybody. It, it was a tough sell to my company. It was a tough sell to my wife. It, I, my dogs don't speak English, but it was a tough sell to them. Uh, <laughs> you know, my parents, uh, anyone I talked to was pretty confused, but ultimately supportive. Um, and uh, yeah, that I, I think, and the important thing is that I survived. I'm, I'm, I'm alive. I drove about, I drove to 43 states and came out the other side. What was the mileage counter for the full trip? So I'm still working on figuring that out because my rental car company made me switch cars a couple of times. And I don't, I like, it's one of these things that's on my to-do list, but I just don't feel like doing math. But I think it's somewhere between like 38 and 42,000 miles. It's like 40,000 miles in four months. Uh-oh. And that's, that's too much. 
That's too many miles. The seven-hour trip to South Carolina, Nick, is too long for us. That yeah, one has yeah. me itching. I couldn't imagine nonstop just going gotta, and going and going. I kind of did that every day, yeah. Right. It, so for me, I just – first nightmare scenario is just like explaining to my wife, yeah, I'm just going to go drive – that alone, you you survive that. that. That speaks for itself. So once you hit the ground running, like, I mean – yeah, honey, I, I got to go see the, the rocket that's pointed at Bowling Green because that was... <laughs> yeah, that's there. It's so, that, that's, that's like, I love that fun fact. It's one of my favorite fun facts that I learned throughout your trip that Toledo literally points their rocket at their rival Bowling Green. So what are what were some of the things you learned that you're just like, this might be useless trivia, but it's sticking with me forever? That's a great... It's like every, every place has a thing, you know? Like every... Every place has a thing they want to tell you about. Um, so I probably have at least 62 pieces of, of of random trivia. I'll start with Western. Yeah. I didn't know about the white squirrels. They have white squirrels there. Albino squirrels. And I was just walking through the campus when I got there. And I was like, oh, my God. I, I didn't know that these existed. I had seen pictures of them, but I sort of believed I didn't know they were specific to Bowling Green, Kentucky, and I sort of didn't believe they were real. And then they were, and they were scurrying around doing squirrel stuff. Um, so that's, but, you know, the thing about college football and college basketball and just college sports in general is people just have like this, um, this connection to it that I don't think exists to the same extent with pro sports and they all have their fun facts and they all have their reasons why our school is better than the other school. Um, you know, I didn't make it out to Kentucky. I went to a Louisville game and, you know, just hear their opinions about the university of Kentucky <laughs> and not necessarily believing all of them, but you know, I, I would, I would also like to hear your opinions about Louisville and uh, we could, and then I'll have the full picture. <laughs> Well, um, that was one going to be one of my questions because uh, I, I didn't know if you found the drunkest fan base in America and why it's Louisville. <laughs> um, I, I hope you showed up early enough to get the half price beers on the party deck because they're, um, you know, they're they're a fan base. I did, like I did see that. Yeah, I did see that because yeah. I got there before one of the Thursday night games and like they just had some regular beer, some like regular prices before. Yeah. The game started, and normally, you know, you go to stadiums and it's like twelve dollars for for a beer at, at like some of the stadiums around the country. So I was, I was happy to see that. I did need to drive after that game, so I didn't get too into it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, feel, feels like there is uh, alcohol in the state of Kentucky. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, just a smidge. <laughs> we rejoiced when we finally uh, the athletic director finally made Kroger Field wet. Was it? I guess that was. This was the first year. That we got beer at the stadium. It was. So that was yeah. That was a, a significant milestone um, for us personally. But I, I, I mentioned the Mac off the top because that's part of our. That's the one that we really like. It's like a problem that we're like, oh, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do this, and then it gets to November, and then basketball season's happening, and then like you don't even have enough time to. Your just wheels are spinning, right? At the end of the season, uh -huh. and it's like, can I make a trip Tuesday night? to Bowling Green to watch a game in the snow. So you had, uh, like you said, the schedule, it kind of sets up where 
you kind of got to go to a bunch of Mac games if you're going to do all these yeah. football games. So I, your Max in review, can you just shed a little insight on what we could potentially expect and what should be our what, – what stadium should we prioritize from the Mac? So it's so strange because, like, um, like it's very clearly for television. Yeah. You know, the, the entire idea behind Maction is we are going to play our games uh, such that they will be on ESPN. We'll do it on Tuesday and Wednesday nights to make sure that it's the only thing on TV. And it just sucks for all of the fans. Um, you know, these are already schools are pretty small fan bases. And – you're playing the game on a Tuesday night in November in Michigan. It is freezing. There, all the fans are like, we prefer when the games are on Saturdays. So I saw some empty stadiums. The cool thing was I also saw a couple of rivalry games. And like a, um, I went to Western versus Central Michigan, Western Michigan versus Central Michigan, not Western Kentucky. Um, and uh, like you said, Toledo and Bowling Green, you brought that up. You're, you're a Toledo versus Bowling Green enthusiast. Um, and those games were actually like pretty full and like pretty rowdy. Uh, so I guess it doesn't matter if there's a legit rivalry, it doesn't matter what time or what the weather is, people will show up for it. And if there's not, no one will be there. Um, no, no, one, no one will show up. Um, probably the closest one to you guys, I'm guessing, would be like Miami, Ohio. Yeah, yeah, that'd be the yeah. closest. And That's only they a three-hour drive. They had like a their stadium was is like pretty beautiful. They clearly put some money into it and just entirely empty. So like <laughs> I, if like if you and your friends want to go, <laughs> hop in a car and do something stupid, I kind of recommend it because like you can just walk, you can just be as close as you want to a live college football game for like 10 to $15 a person, uh, do whatever you want there. They had a, like a, a deck right behind one of the end zones where they were selling beer and you can play cornhole throughout the game. So I got in some games of cornhole with the other, with three of the other 97 attendees of the game. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's it, like, not to pick on Miami, but I, it was just, a, it, 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 it stood out to me as like, oh, even at the least attended game you go to all season, and their team was good. They they yeah. they they either won or made the back championship. The yeah, they won. It. They won it. I don't actually know what happened in college football this year because I went to all the college football games. It's weird, <laughs> uh, but like, yeah, no, that's that was a that was a good time, even though it was totally empty. So go go find a matching game. It'll be fun. Just go with people you like and don't expect it to be like a crazy atmosphere. Yeah, you right. have, you have yeah. to bring the energy. They're not going to well, bring it for you. Miami's got Brick Street. It's a, it's a scenic – it's a pretty campus. And, yeah, like you said, yeah. it's not, not too far from here. We're big uh, Chris Creighton, the factory fans. Um, yeah. That place looks like uh, um, you got to love football to want to play at Eastern <laughs> Michigan. Yeah, and it's it's like five miles from uh, the big house in Ann Arbor. Yeah. It's like it's like literally in the shadow of the largest stadium around, and yeah, it's a, I I feel bad for Eastern. I went to um, their bowl game in Mobile, Alabama, where That's they lost. Game. 
59 oh, to 10. That was, the, that was the one where the dude got rocked at the end. Yeah. I was yeah. passing that up with uh, Birmingham. But yeah. I was I was on the field um, and just all of a sudden everybody started running. Um, and <laughs> I was like, okay, I'll, I'll, I, I was busy making like, oh, it's cool that they want a bowl game content, you know, like filming them doing the dump, the Gatorade dump and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden, everyone is pushing and shoving. And um, I, I didn't exactly see that the dude fucking dumb. Oh, my. Yeah, you're, you're good. You're good. I didn't see that it just right in the back of the head. I didn't I didn't know what had happened. I just got in the middle of a bunch of much larger people than me shoving each other. <laughs> oh, man. That's, that's Was there a... Yeah. Was there a team, Roger, that you just like, I'm seeing this team again? Like, how does this team keep coming up in the rotation? So, honestly, I didn't I didn't mean to see two Louisville games. They just played a lot of weeknight games. Yeah. I was saying that before we went on air, like, you, you kind of have to track down the weeknight games if you're getting your numbers up. So that's why I was at Louisville and Western, but not UK. So apologies right. to that. Yeah the Wildcats community about that. I'll make it up to you somehow. I'll go see a basketball game there Sunday for sure. Um, but yeah, um, there was, and then I accidentally saw three Cincinnati games in a row. Oh <laughs> man. Bad Cincinnati oh, came too. Yeah. Scott Satterfield. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. And it wasn't intentional at all. Um, I saw one of, I saw them play at Cincinnati intentionally because it was their first big 12 game. And then the next week I saw them play at BYU. Um, I wasn't planning on following them around the country. They weren't very good. Is BYU as beautiful as it looks on television? It's, it really is. It really is. I got there um, and, you know, nice to contrast them with the, you said the, uh, the drunkest fan base and the least drunk fan base in college football. <laughs> Got to see them both in a couple weeks. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm a huge mountains enthusiast. If there are mountains, some, I don't actually like climbing the mountains. I like looking at them. Uh, got to go to both Utah and BYU this year. And yeah, it, it hits. I went there as like the leaves on the trees were changing colors and like the hills were just like red and white and it was oh man yeah it's it's a beautiful and very strange place was there a place or two where you i don't know not necessarily low expectations but you went there and you were like really impressed with maybe the atmosphere just the environment that was maybe you think's underrated nationally the first time i got asked this question i like scratched my head for 45 seconds but now i have an answer locked in Oh, it's nice. It's, it's it's Appalachian State. I had an awesome yeah. time up at, up at up in Boone, North Carolina, and and they played on a Tuesday, and like like I said, I went to some real dismal Tuesday night games, and they did not care down there at App State. Um, they they were just they were the whole. I feel like the entire western half of North Carolina showed up into that tiny, beautiful stadium in the mountains, and. Uh, and and just did a a very rowdy Tuesday night football game. Well, to get to maybe the off because uh, we we love Tuesday Wednesday night football. That's mm. kind of our like because like you said when you go to the games on Saturday you you don't get to watch them all like you're there. Yeah. So yeah. Tuesdays Wednesday Thursday oh love me some Thursday night football. But what is um 
when you went to the big games, right, and you had plenty on there, you even had the national championship on there, which I have a question about, but is there a, uh, like, uh, you know, not even necessarily one, but who's really set themselves apart at the top of the college football pecking orders in terms of, like, game day atmosphere for, for big games? Um, I had an incredible time at uh, LSU. I think that's a pretty standard answer, but it, it really yeah. is. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> else got, like it. There, Ed, you, you've done road games there? Yeah, we've done yeah, one. It's been a while, but yeah. In Kentucky, you lost by like 60, but it's so cool. Um, was it dude or was it night? Night. It was, it was night. night. So we got the yeah. call in Baton Rouge before the game. And, yeah. You know, as the sun's going down and they're getting more lit up. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. It That's I would recommend the next time that comes up in the rotation, which will probably be in the next 30 years uh, that you guys have about the schedule. Um, like, yeah, that's, that's, that's a all timer. My best atmosphere I had on the trip. I'll, I'll still say um, Oklahoma, Texas at the cotton bowl, yeah. the red river game. That, that's that, a bucket list. Like, that just, was, yeah. Uh, that was beautiful. Um, had a surprising time, um, probably falls into the surprising, but also um, also a big game category was at at, uh, at Washington. I mean, I'm sure it was partially because they were 11-0, but beautiful location and extremely loud fan base. And, you know, I I don't know, for some reason, I, I wasn't sure how big of a fan base that was going to be. I know there's lots of stuff in Seattle. They have an NFL team, but they – I, I had a great time at the uh, the Apple Cup uh, against Washington State, so I'm I'm throwing those three out there as my uh, nominees in this category. I'm and the thing is, I still need to go to so many other places. Like, I went yeah. to 62 games, and there's still so many more that I want to see, which is stupid. But I'm just really glad you didn't say Neon Stadium. That place sucks. <laughs> it's just it's, it's basically the seventh circle of hell. <laughs> I, I didn't make it uh, to... Good, uh, you're, you're not missing anything. <laughs> Just play Rocky okay. Top over and over, and, you know, you get the picture. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, I do digress a little bit, because you mentioned the bowl games, and you got... that. We're also big bowl fans, too, because bowl games, it's just it's free football, it's silly. It's Tuesdays. It, it, well, and it's like Tuesdays in the afternoon, and... This sport is very silly, and, like, bowl seasons, it's like we're going to not even try to take ourselves seriously at all. So we're just going to shove Cheez-Its and Pop-Tarts at you. Um, was the Pop-Tart good? Did you did, – did the mascot – did, did was it a good experience to eat a mascot? Um, Like the um, – so it, it actually was because you can tell it, it – um, it was obviously because it was so much larger than a than a generic pop tart. The mascot that was cooked and eaten, toasted and eaten. It was like they had <laughs> to do it at a different scale. I, I think there was a little bit more of like a cakiness to it than a regular pop tart. Like it, it. I think because I'm guessing what happened was they had to go to like a baker in the. Orlando region and say, Hey, can you make us a really large cake with this? I don't know how they did it, but it, it was more cake adjacent than, than you'd expect a pop tart to be the, the giant, uh, the giant one that, that everyone ate at the end. Um, and it was like really strange. I was down there in the mix of all of the, 
uh, Kansas State football players like scooping out big chunks of it and throwing it to each other. And like the field was a disaster after that. Like, there were, like imagine like just pop like all right, picture you drop a pop tart on the floor of your house and you step on it and think about how much of a disaster that would be if you have like a carpet or something. And now imagine that on a grand scale with not only more Pop-Tart, but also more people like Grant, because like the players were just walking on, on fallen Pop-Tart, like it was getting stuck in their cleats. It was a very <laughs> sticky environment. Like it was not a good situation. It was, the, the taste itself was good. It was very unhygienic. Because you've all, like it was also being scooped primarily by players with their like gloves on, you know, like They're sweating like, after playing all yeah. the game. Yeah, they've just... been touching, like I mean, think of like the, those like offensive linemen who have like um, their their hands are super taped up, and they're shoving people for three hours, and they don't like, and then they're just grabbing huge chunks of pop tart and, and, and like then i ate a little bit of it and like i don't know there were definitely there's definitely definitely not great food safety going on was that the most surreal moment like what what am i doing here how how many of those moments did you have where you just kind of look around and like yeah i i'm what um pretty what, much my life right now pretty much every day <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you're driving by eight hours, driving about eight hours a day, you have a lot of what am I doing moments. Uh, but um, I mean, the real part for me is like every time I went to a game, it's it, it was like you're kind of living this great experience that other people look forward to. You know, people build their whole weeks, months, lives around this big game and I'm doing it every day for three or four months, um, you know, seeing all these huge rivalry games and these moments that, you know, people are going to be talking about. They're shooting out confetti after the championship game and you're kind of just wandering through it, even though it's it's not your big moment. You're seeing the big moments that everyone else has been looking forward to. Uh, that I probably took that in another direction, but like that to me is what I was like, what, oh. what is th this? It's, it's magical and strange. And, uh, and th then sometimes a guy in a pop tart suit shoves a pop tart into your face. <laughs> uh, well, Only college I'll, football. I'll, I'll pass you the mic, but yeah. I, I wanted one more big question. Cause it came up and I don't, I don't know if it necessarily needs to be, the Rose Bowl, but I just something about Houston. Uh, maybe it's because Kentucky lost the Final Four there, and it's just big and cavernous. But it's just there's nothing about Houston's football stadium that screams yeah. to me college football. So, what was it like watching a national championship in a pro stadium? And are you a believer that it needs more of a college football venue, even if it is like some for some reason i think of the falcon stadium more as the sec championship game stadium yes than the falcon yeah stadium you know i wonder why <laughs> i wonder why the falcons haven't distinguished themselves in that regard um yeah it's um i i i've done national championship games before at my in my job at the ringer they would send me to cover them and they really do feel always like nfl like you know it, it's it doesn't 
it was probably one of the games, even though I, I, I'm very glad I made it and I finished the trip there. It wasn't like something I was super looking forward to because I really wanted to see all the campuses and all the people and all the mm -hmm. like things that are different as opposed to the national championship game, which their goal is to make it kind of the same every time, but in different places, you know, it's got, what they do is they take this NFL stadium that probably has Texans or Falcons or, 49ers logos everywhere and they slap the black and gold college football uh, playoff logo on it. And um, yeah, it, it, it does feel unusual that that's the way we finish our season. And it sort of doesn't matter though, because when you have a thing like Michigan winning for the first time in infinity years, they they brought it up of the energy to make it work mm -hmm. um i did feel like i was at a college football game a lot more at the fcs championship the day before um in frisco texas between montana and south dakota state um it was just a strange day it was also i i you probably don't know this because i don't know what they showed in the tv broadcast but it was like howling winds and rain that day there were like 40 mile an hour gusts of wind in Houston. So there was nobody really tailgating outside because everyone was like seeking shelter. <laughs> um, like I walked up to the gate of the stadium and there were just so many abandoned 12 packs of beer on the ground because people were like, I brought this beer to have a good time before the game and then needed to avoid the lightning and wind and they ran inside. So it definitely didn't have much of a college football atmosphere. Yeah, that is just, it's just strange that that's kind of the system, but it is the system. Uh, Roger, I, I, for anyone going on a road trip, you're like the road trip master now just for driving. Do you have any tips? Like if someone was going to go on a cross-country road trip, what do you need to do? What are the checkpoints you have to hit? What road snacks were your go-to? Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. A lot of great questions. Um, I think the most important thing is um, – bathroom discipline, know which gas stations have the good bathrooms, mm, yeah. you know, uh, big loves travel stop guy. If uh, the Bucky's and the South always work, I don't know. I oh, think yeah. they have one in Kentucky. Yeah. We're building a second one yes. too. It's, it's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I was getting one, you know, and what I mean by bathroom discipline is like, you know, really time up those trips. Right. Uh, I don't, I wouldn't, uh, like, drink water if i had like a lot of road ahead i definitely would not drink coffee if i had a lot of road ahead of me mm -hmm. um snacks i think that was the hardest part because i was on the road for four months and everyone has good food at tailgates and everyone's always like oh when you come here you have to go to this barbecue place so i tried to be pretty like casual on the snacks because like if you just eat tailgate food and barbecue for four months, you're going to die. <laughs> so I was, I, I had some granola and turkey jerky. Um, I would like go to Costco and get like just bulk amounts of non-perishable healthy snacks. And that's, that was the way to go. And it wasn't fun. Um, uh, yeah, no, my, I would say the most important thing is 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 making sure yeah. you don't get stuck in a bad bad gas station bathroom. 
That's 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 good advice. Um, we all can adhere to. Is there is everybody there part of the country that's right. <laughs> that that you hadn't seen before that you're like, oh, this kind of rocks. Um, most of them. Um, but the two that stood out were Montana and like uh, the Appalachian region. I never really. I mm-hmm. I I don't know if I had been through that part of the country, but like. You know, West Virginia, Kentucky, the, the part of North Carolina that App State is in, Eastern Tennessee, I just thought was beautiful. Um, uh, and especially like if you're driving, it's not like you are like climbing over the Rockies. It was just very pleasant and beautiful and there's good food and there's good people. And I, I'm not pandering because I'm sure some of our <laughs> So some of the people listening to this are from that part of the country. I, I really enjoyed that, that sort of Pennsylvania on down through Tennessee um, area of the country and spent a lot of time driving through it just because of the nature of, of um, how many college football games were being played in that part of the country. So uh, that's, that's my winner. And going through there, especially when the leaves were changing in October and uh, and November, was hmm. Chef's kiss. Chef's that's, kiss. Well, we that was not just yeah. That's that was the type of kiss that was. Chefs <laughs> are the only ones to do that. We we enjoyed following along, vac- living vicariously through you. Um, it was it was fun. I'm sure. Have you come back down to earth yet? Like, are you rested? Are you normal? Are you normal? Human? Definitely not. Definitely not normal. I like my plan is to start writing sometime soon, and I just haven't. I'm, I'm just not back on schedule yet. I'm still staying up late and sleeping late, and I think it's still carryover from all the driving. But uh, we will. Uh, if I will eventually get back to being a functional part of the sports media ecosystem. <laughs> Well, well, whenever you do get that book finished, yeah. you, you'll you'll have two buyers right here for sure. We look forward yeah. to checking that out. Awesome. We'll happy to pick I'm writing that down, and I'm sending it to whatever literary agents are listening. Uh, <laughs> if you're on YouTube right now, which people are, right? This is on YouTube. Yeah. Yes, we are live. Uh, it's Road Raj on YouTube. Go over to this part of the screen and click over there, and uh, I'll be posting yeah. videos there pretty soon. Awesome, awesome, and uh, that's also I think where you can find out what Big Red is. You. I've been I've been to many of Western Kentucky football games. Never knew what Big Red was, is, and you your investigative journalism you solved it. So thank you for your service. You're really doing the field of journalism. Uh, I was really disappointed when someone had an actual answer for the question. <laughs> that was the worst part. I was asking people thinking they would have, um, you know, just oh, he's a big red thing, and most of them said that. But then one girl actually informed me of what big red is, and it, I was know devastated. It all. What I was devastated. <laughs> yeah, you're smarty pants. Oh well, Raj, it's been a joy. It's been a pleasure. We appreciate you coming <laughs> on, and uh, good luck writing that. I'm sure that's going to be that. That's been a later problem that you've been pushing off for so long. That's going to suck yeah. to get going. So it's, it's very awful. relatable. Yeah, thanks for having me. And when I uh, when I figure out how to do a college basketball one, I'll be a rep for sure. Sounds good. Roger Sherman, ladies and gentlemen. Roger Sherman. Thanks, Raj. That was a pleasure. Um, like it, I think this is how – oh, I hit the button to get us back on. That wow, cool. you're impressive. 
Look at me, knowing all the buttons, how to use everything, knowing how to refocus this program here uh, with our friends at Refocus Fitness. You've heard us talking about them. It's the 24-hour gym that's open seven days a week where you can get any time. You don't have to be bugged. It's not going to be overcrowded. It's conveniently located right off Nicholasville Road, not too far from the Fayette Mall. And what's great, look at they've got private training there. No awkward stairs, just guidance from dedicated trainers Craft a personalized plan for your unique body and goals. I know my plan is going to be different than everybody else's plan. They will get you on the right path at Refocus Fitness. They'll get you refocused this new year. Go ahead, visit them at refocusfitness.com. Leave the gym anxiety behind. Refocus your goals and finally achieve the weight loss you deserve. Contact them today and experience the difference. Private gym built for success, not for crowds. Refocusfitness.com. Look at, I could have just like peppered him with so many more questions too, where it's just like, so you flew in the Goodyear blunt. Was it, was it good? Like I've just done the whole, uh, Paul McCartney type deal. But, um, something happened today that we got to discuss. Um, <laughs> you think? Like it, we, there's been some crazy stuff that's happened while covering this football team. I've I've never been more shocked in my life. I we shout out to Caveman Calipari who posted that Yenzer was on his way out and somebody you a familiar name is coming back. Something like that. But they essentially were like Eric Wolford returning. I thought this was Bagel McCoy telling us that Matthew Mitchell is gonna replace Kyra Elsie in the middle of the year. I was just like, Oh this normally, you know, we hear stuff and then you ask people who actually know things, they tell you if it's crazy or not, and I was just like this is so crazy. There's no way this could happen. Three hours later, Eric Wolford's back. I I don't know about you, Lucky. I still can't kind of wrap my head, head around it. <laughs> Mark Stoops is the Youngstown button. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just – it is. It is kind of sh- a little shocking. The, and they're going to eat – Zach Gensler's extending a contract. Yeah, over, I think, 650. Okay. 650, yep. And he signed this extension a month ago. Right after the Louisville game. Yeah, so two months ago. Yeah. So, just really, really surprising development here. Um, Now, I think you have to look – like, that's the real question here. The one you have to ask is, what does Wolfert bring to the table? And I think the recruiting is what really, that's the real differ, differentiator. Yes. And more experience um, in college football as well. But the recruiting one is the big, uh, big ticket item here. And even, we saw what he did at Kentucky, but at Alabama he was doing a good job recruiting. Um uh, he can get players. It's specifically for a room, Nick, that high school recruiting has been a big question mark. And like I think they've done some good things to where they're gonna they're in an okay position right now. But it's gonna be the same song and dance next offseason once the season ends. How do you replace potentially both tackles? How do you replace your center? And you were playing the portal game nonstop. They need to get out of that. I think Wolford can probably get them out of that due to the, some of the recruiting chops. He has, uh, but definitely a surprise. I mean, this, if you date back, Mark Stoops 
in that press conference when they announced he was maybe I don't remember if it was Yenzer's introductory or what it was. He said, "Well, anybody could have coached that room." Something along those lines. Yeah, um, yeah. So, like, they weren't super happy about how he left, but I'm sure they they probably hugged it out eventually, somewhere yeah. behind the scenes. And now, now we're now the the band's back together. So, you know, returns aren't unusual in this sport. We saw Bobby 2.0 for crying out loud, um, and even for Stoops' staff, right? Um, but Eddie Grant came back for yeah, Christ's sake. Eddie Grant came back, and like at least in Eddie Grant's, you knew that Stoops still really liked Eddie, but it just yeah. he needed something new. Um, and then Eddie took a different role, an off the field role. Um, William Cohen, you kind of knew why he left. Super Bowl champs wanted him, right? Like that. They kind of understood it. This was the opposite. And not only was it the opposite, it's – it's that's the angriest collectively the coaching staff's ever been in a decade at any one human. I mean, whether – Yeah. Like, I – you – part of why we were so – everybody was so vocal about, oh, Wolford, it's because that's what people were telling us. Like, that was – and anybody who w- talked – We'd listen, and they'd say the same thing. Um, and that's what that's what was so shocking about all of this. Now, I know it is a business, um, so at the end of the day, that matters more, right? And weird stuff happens. I don't think Wolf expected Nick Saban to retire. Um, that, that, that throws a wrinkle in some things. I think maybe some fans were looking, well, maybe we might get some portal ads out of this. Don't think we expected the new offensive line coach uh, reunion. And, and part of it, too, Luckett, is that I thought Yenzer did a good job last year. I've said it on this show previously. I've said it elsewhere. They made some significant improvements, and some of that was player-driven, right? Like, Jeremy Flax was never going to be a player as long as Eric Wolford was the coach here. Zach Yenzer made Jeremy Flax. He got invited to the Senior Bowl, for crying out loud. Um, Kentucky went from allowing the most sacks in Power 5 football and having a rush offense that ranked 107th to a top 25 rush offense in yards per carry in the third fewest allowed sacks in the SEC. That, that's, that's good coaching, right? Now, did the recruiting aspect of it for Yenzer, uh, our, our friends on KS Board, he was probably public enemy number one for the recruit Knicks out there. Um, him and maybe another Youngstown guy. Um, but that, that was a thing. That's just... The part of me, I think the most shocking part, though, is just that I thought Yenzer did a good job coaching that group up. And while Wolford was at Alabama, he got some guys there. That wasn't an issue, but the execution was, particularly the last time we saw him on the field in the national championship game when snapping issues, some might say, cost him the game on that final play. Um, that was persistent all year. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm dumbfounded by all of this. Yeah, just dating back to when we were prepping the Alabama-Kentucky game, their sack rate was absurdly high. And now some of that had to do with Jalen Milrow holding on to the ball so long. Um, but they had issues in protection. Um, Caden Proctor was a five-star true freshman, started them for left tackle, really, really struggled. Uh, he's back at Iowa now. Uh, they had J.C. Latham, who's going to be a top-20 pick in the draft here in a couple months. And then Seth McLaughlin, the center, is at Ohio State now. So he had, and Tyler Booker's going to be a 
high draft pick whenever he comes out. At, he was at guard. And so, he, obviously, they had talent and execution was an issue. So, that's something you, you know, you have to see what he can do. Um, but we can, uh, but you have to kind of give them benefit of the doubt. The O-line was, I don't think it was bad <laughs> his first year here. They were a Joe Moore War finalist. He, Luke Fortner moved to center, and he was the position coach that during all of that, right? And Luke Fortner turns himself into a third-round pick, an all-SEC player. Multi-year um, starter in the NFL. Yeah. Darian Kennard was a draft pick off that group. Um, Eli this, Cox this played. All American. Yeah. Eli Cox played his best season when Wolford was here. Yep. So I think Kenneth Orsi had one of his best seasons when Wolford was here, and so he he's done some good things. Um, different coaching style, like you pointed out, that, Nick. That than, is than Yenzer. That's the big one. That's the biggest thing in all of this that I'm. I don't want to say I'm worried about, but. They were going in the right direction, you felt like, on the offensive line. And you had a you go from one style to the other style. And the other style, Wolford's just a hard ass. He's a screamer. He'll jump your ass at a moment's notice. There's no he's very old school in that regard. Yenzer was the opposite. He worked with pros, much more laid back in that regard. So I mentioned Flax. Are there any Jeremy Flaxes out there that Kentucky's just not going to be able to get anything out of? Um, and on the opposite, like, is this style what Jagger Burton needs to come out of it? Does he need somebody jumping his ass to unlock his potential? You know, it's it's a risk that the that Mark Stoops was willing to take. Yeah, and I think a lot of it. The, I think their biggest problem right now in that room is just recruiting's a big problem for them. Specifically, high school recruiting. They can't get guys here. And so I think he helps fix that. And then you have Vince there to help too with guys in Ohio and local guys. Um, and even Eric Wolford, he helped close on Keontae Goodwin yeah. um, when they were recruiting him. He helped close on Barry and Brown, helped close on Deion Walker. So um, that's three high profile recruits. Two of them have turned out to be good players, um, slash potential. One's turned out to be a great player here. And so that I think all that has a lot to do with it is just the recruiting. And then there's an established work relationship with the offensive coordinator. Liam Cohen's still employed by Kentucky. They worked well. And I go back, Nick, to the season. Cohen and Mark Stoops refused to give that offensive line props all yeah. year. Mm-hmm. And then after the season, we hear Cohen talk about we have to get back – or I don't know if this was before the Louisville game or when he said that, but we have to get back to being a dominant, being able to move people at the point of attack. You do that by getting, I think, better players in here, or, you mm-hmm. know, specifically high school and not having to fix it in the portal um, and, to, and play with a certain type of mindset. And I think they probably think – Wolford is their best bet, and I think that's why they make the move. That's why you eat the 650, and I would assume he's probably going to make more than that or right at it. And I'll be interested to see the salary terms when they come out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just, I mean, just a surprising development, but I think you look at it on a surface level, I think it makes some sense. I think some fans are upset about this, Nick, because we you have to remember just the – you really have to – well, you have to go back and remember what it really was. And I don't necessarily think it was that he was recruiting for Alabama, whatever. Like, he was brought here to replace John Schlarman. 
and the legacy he built. And he was a Youngstown guy. He knew Mark Stoops, had a relationship there. He knew what he was coming to, and he left that and really sent them on a downward spiral. And so that, I think, and I, when you see some of the fans uh, that are upset, I think that's a big reason for that. Took what was the strength of the program, and that turned into a weakness really fast. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm very interested to see kind of what he, like, what, what's the press conference like? Like, what does he say there? That, that's the most interesting thing to me. But I think just from a just a football aspect, I think from uh, coaching and talent accumulation, I think it makes a lot of sense to bring him back. Cat fan said, is Nick going to be the first one to interview Wolf? Hey, Wolf or nah, we got along. I, I liked Wolf. Uh, he was great to me. Now, I, I'm one of the few he hasn't um, – Taken off social media. So, happy about that. Scott asks, which is worse, Yens are getting stiffed by Stoops or Wolf leaving in the middle of the night high and dry? I feel like people get fired all the time. So, I'm, you know, and he gets to walk with 650 grand. So, I don't. The timing for him does stink from the aspect of the carousel is already kind of dried up. But he can go back to the NFL, though. Like that, that carousel is just starting. You know, but he's got six hundred fifty k coming to him this mm-hmm. year. And right, he could go back to the NFL. Like, what's his next move? He's going to have to figure all of that out. But um, you know, this, uh, this is a results based business. Mm-hmm. You know, and then in an off season where a lot of people were getting upset that they were made that Kentucky was maybe being too. Complacent, too, uh, too complacent, or hanging their head on maybe continuity. Um, they're going out and they're making a swing here, and so we'll see how it plays out. It's just so weird. It's like we're doing the reunion tour every year, just bringing another guy back. Oh, so I mean, there's a lot. You know, Mark, I, Mark Stoops has said in the past. I just don't hire people I know. I'll go outside my tree. Like the Brad White hire was an example of that. The Liam Cohen hire was an yeah, example yeah. of that. Um, but there's a lot of, it's very damn close uh, to his nest with, you look at all the, you know, the Youngstown guys, uh, most of them he probably knew in high school um, yeah. on the staff right now. You ain't kidding. You ain't kidding. Uh, another person in the chat brings up uh, the chances that, you know, maybe, uh, maybe old Clink come, comes on back to town. Uh, yeah, the, uh, yeah. one thing I would say there is he was the number two defense coordinator. It's been reported that Jesse Minner, their defense coordinator, is following Jim Harbaugh to the Chargers. So, I mean, Steve Klinkscale could be the defensive play caller at Michigan. Like, he is in line to get that. And so, uh, we'll see. Uh, if Chris Collins maybe had got a job opportunity, maybe they try to make that happen. But I, I don't expect but- that to happen. But then again, I didn't expect this to happen, so That's true. That's true. And my biggest thing just with Michigan in general, when they're going to – I mean, Alabama had to go hire Washington's coach, who's never coached in the South before. Michigan is keeping pretty much everybody except Rick Minner's kid in the head coach. There might be a few more. You know, Harbaugh might bring his kid, who is a special teams coordinator, uh, Jay Harbaugh. But it feels like Quink will get a promotion, and – the and, and then and then you get to where a lot of 
they'll go for the continuity, yeah. right? Which here, here's my question for you, Bucket. We don't have a lot of these hires in college football. Uh, Marcus Freeman is one of the few. Um, you see it more in basketball with them getting Kyle Neptune to replace Jay Wright, Hubert Davis for Roy Williams, John Shire for Coach K. This whole, we're just going to keep it in the family. Sort yeah, of Syracuse, deal. Adrian Autry, Syracuse. Right. Yeah. I think it's terrible for basketball. I understand it in this situation. Do, are, are you a fan of the keeping it in-house for the college football ranks and promoting from within? Uh, I think it depends on the situation. I think for Michigan it makes a ton of sense. Uh, the thing with Sharon Moore is he's going to have – that Harbaugh pipeline is wide open. Um, when – Jim was struggling. They just sent Mike McDonald down um, to help fix his defense, and that's when their run started. Now Mike McDonald's has been a defensive coordinator through two playoff games. He's played C.J. Stroud and Joe Burrow, and he's given up two offensive touchdowns through eight quarters. That's pretty good. <laughs> so uh, that pipeline is going to be wide open for them, and that, I think that's going to help um, Sharon Moore. So I think it may. I just think it makes sense in that aspect, and he deserves it for stepping he, in and all that. He he coached. I mean, hell, half the games this year. And my other thing, at least with football too, um, like it. And I think it's less out of preservation, more about your identity, uh, who you are as a program. They can still be who they are with Sean Moore. Who, which by the way, if you look at all these NFL hires, what are they all trying to do? We're trying to find the next young hot shot. So. Isn't that what Michigan's doing? It's just that guy so happens to be on their staff. Like, who else would they go out there to try to get that would be – like, Sharon Moore is going to be on a lot of short lists for jobs elsewhere. So, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, And I, I also think for Bama, it was probably what they would have done. They just didn't have the assistance there to do it. Right, right. It wasn't like they had Sark just waiting there like they kind of hoped and planned for. Right. Or if he retires 10 years earlier, they would have just had Kirby to promote. Yeah. Exactly. So, it's it's crazy. There's a lot of moving and shaking. Um, there's a lot happening in the recruiting world. Luckett's got a great big board of 2025 prospects on KSR Plus right now. Spoke to Spike Sal's junior day is next week. We'll save a little bit more of that recruiting talk for then. And, you know, this kind of madness kind of shook things up. But I wanted to get to the NFL playoffs because I have another question for you, Luckett. I know you love your Jamar Chase, right? He's pretty good. He's been fun to watch. While Joe Burrow is shelled with injury. Uh, before, no, the answer is no. Was, before is, you even ask is, me the question. Is, is there any no. part of you, while you're watching Panay No, 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 no. That you no. regret taking Jamar Chase instead of Panay Sewell? He could, you, you could have had Jamar no. Burrow all year if you just had a left tackle like Panay Sewell busting heads. Yeah. Yeah, Joe Pearl popping his calf was the reason for it was the right tackle's fault. No, no, stop, no, no, nip it in the bud, no, it, capital N, capital O, no. Okay, all right. Are you going? Is T Higgins going to walk? He's going to get the tag. What is okay. what it, that looks like? You run it back. Which I just I had to bring that up because Panay Sewell has become like all the offensive line guys that we follow on Twitter. It's they show um, what's his name at San Francisco. Oh, he's awesome. He yeah. was a can't miss prospect coming and out. They show Sewell, and they're just they're just ass kicking constantly. And yeah. he's a great Dan Campbell player too, uh, which 
it's it's a lot of fun. The the Bucks were very pesky against the Lions, but I ultimately thought the better teams all won on Saturday. So my other question for you, Luckett, I'm doing the I'm, I'm I was a dumbass going into this NFL playoffs, and you 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 were part of the blame too. You convinced me that Patrick Mahomes he his, he's finally got checks that his ass can't catch, and he, he's just still being Patrick Mahomes. So my question for you. I've been trying to beat him for two weeks in a row. I had a significant, significant parlay that was just waiting there, and all the Bills had to do, Josh, make that damn throw in the end zone. Couldn't make it. I will say the Chiefs did. Like, that that offense was the best it's looked all year uh, against Buffalo, and that was maybe me being foolish enough for not seeing, like, oh, the Bills are all injured, so their defense is going to be yeah. good. But So my question to you now, do I keep – do I keep betting against Mahomes, or do I do the thing that any idiot in their right mind, like Patrick Mahomes in the points, just take Pat Mahomes in the points. You only get like 10 chances your whole life. Take Pat Mahomes in the points. Yeah. Mahomes' dog record is spectacular. Uh, Lamar Jack and Jackson's record as a small favorite is also awesome. I think this is where it ends for the Chiefs. They only lose to AFC North teams in the playoffs. Finally, oh, someone can so join the Bengals. But I think, I think, I think you're right. Dolphins. That was a weird game. The Dolphins limped in with a banged up defense. The Bills brought AJ Klein off the street to play in that game at linebacker, and the Chiefs picked on him. I don't think that's going to happen Sunday in Baltimore. Baltimore will be able to. You know, you're not going to completely stop Kansas City, but they will be able to slow them down. These Chiefs receivers, Nick, are still doing dumb stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I, I like Baltimore here. I think Baltimore wins this unless Lamar just turns into a pumpkin in this game. Uh, which, which there's a chance. He has underperformed in playoff games before, but I think this team is different. This, this Ravens team uh, – they have the most, like, every team that has the amount of double-digit wins I think I've seen with them, that they've all won the Super Bowl. And I think they have more than any in the last, I don't know, up 10 years. They are, they are a great team, one of the better teams we've seen in the last few years in the NFL. I think they, they handle their business. I think the scary game for them was last week, and they just yeah. steamrolled. And they just steamrolled teams all, really all year, especially at home. Uh, not, so I, I don't think they're going to steamroll the Chiefs. But what's that line, three and a half? I'm going to be laying it with Baltimore. Um, our friends at FanDuel have the Ravens minus three and a half. Yeah. Totals 44 and a half. My favorite bet, and it was the easiest. I mean, I didn't. I don't even think that I started watching the game when Lamar had his over on his longest run cash. It was 16 and a half last week. It's 17 and a half this week. I'm going to take it because yeah. there's, there's going to be a breakdown. And on top of that, I haven't – kept up with the injury report but the Chiefs did have a lot of defensive backs go down including um, Kentucky's finest Mike Edwards and uh, they're starting their starting left guard Joe Tooney um, is out and he's one of their better linemen so that's gonna that's gonna hurt them uh, I just think the Ravens overall they're just better they have a better def- way better defense than the last two they saw uh, Miami and Buffalo didn't have bad defenses this year but they were banged up um in that in those games, I don't think that's going to happen with McDonald. I just mentioned the stat. I mean, he's been awesome all year. 
Um, and he's going to make the Chiefs go down. The, he's not going to give up explosives like the Bills did. He's going to make them go down um, and earn it. And there's not. I don't think you're going to see Kelsey running wide open towards the end zone mm-hmm. against Baltimore on Sunday. I mentioned uh, our friends at FanDuel. You need to sign up for FanDuel. I, I, I've learned like it to just – whenever they give you a no-sweat single-game parlay, just do it because they do it for every day – of the NFL playoffs, um, it helped me because you don't have to use it on the NFL playoffs. I had a yep. nice little ticket for the Cats, so that they're just that here. Here's ten dollars. You can place your bet, and if it doesn't hit, you get another one. It's a great way to try to win big. FanDuel, it's a great place to make all of your wagers because Kentucky is legal here now. You can make all the props you want. Whether it's sides, props, parlays, whatever it may be, FanDuel is the absolute best. And when you sign up with FanDuel.com slash pigskin, promo code pigskin, you're going to get 150 bucks in bonus bets with any $5 bet. 150 bonus bets guaranteed. Just head on over to FanDuel.com slash pigskin. Sign up today. Must be 21 and present in Kentucky. Bonus issued is not with trouble. Bonus bets with expire seven for seat restrictions apply see terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER here's another thing too like it to remind our friends we're going to do a special addiction edition of pigskin preview for the super bowl that those bonus bets expire seven days after receipt so don't don't think that you're going to hold over for the super bowl if you sign up this sunday right like remember there's there's a break in between we got pro bowl of course you know uh, but they'll have all of your props there uh FanDuel, it's America's number one sports book for a reason. And like it, I can't figure out, like, my heart wants the lines to do well. And the thing I just got to keep telling myself is that the Niners aren't the team that we saw last week. And part of that is the weather. I didn't know it was going to be a bad weather game, so that threw me off. Brock Purdy, I can't. There, there's, we've I can't seen, remember. Nick, we've seen him in some big spots. And I, we've seen him not play all too well. Cowboys last year in the playoffs, he didn't play well. Uh, there was a couple games regular season he didn't play. The, the Ravens game is a big one that sticked out. Um, even in the Bengals game, he threw some bad – he had some bad turnovers. In some big spots, he has not performed well. And all those games I'm talking about are at home. Uh, so I think there's a chance. I just don't think the Lions are good enough on defense. I think that's probably what it comes down to in the secondary – I kind of like the over in this game. I know it's crazy. That's a super high number. Um, but both these teams can go on offense. And uh, the Lions are not going to be – that team will not be the, – the, that moment will not swallow them up. They will go there and play well. I think the Niners win. Uh, but I think we see uh, some points in bunches. I think the game probably comes down to which quarterback makes the big mistake in the second half. Uh but I think the Niners are going to win, so I think it'll be golf. I just think they have a better defense. Uh, but that's going to be a really fun game, I think, on Sunday afternoon. Or Sunday evening. Is that the night game? Yeah, I think that's – yeah. Yeah, that's the second game. So, mm-hmm. Debo returned to practice. That's part of where I'm at is, like, he's a big part of what they do. Um, so, losing him, I'm sure, impacted uh, where they put people, right? Like uh, – the, the game that Kyle Shanahan was calling. I just my, – my thing with the Lions, if I'm going – if I'm going to take them, 
the the reason why I might believe in them is because I don't think they've played their best game in the playoffs. It 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 hasn't. That second half, they stunk against the Rams. They got tight and their defense held held on, and the Rams kind of felt like they they had some bad decisions there um, down the stretch. And then you had the was it the missed field goal or no? They they ended up punting away. The defense got the one stop, and that was a bizarre. Yeah, decision. McVay had a yeah the punt. Yeah, yeah he he had doy doy brain there, but I. I have in my mind, and, and even against the Bucks, they had multiple chances to put them away and just wouldn't do it. So, if you need to talk yourself into the Lions, like I'm, I might just because let's see what kind of juice we can get on the money line. Like I think it's probably, three, yeah, plus three sixty or no, plus two ninety on the money line. I could talk myself into it just knowing that the Lions haven't played their best game and they have a quarterback who's been in this moment before. People forget Jared Goff's won an NFC Championship game, right? Um, and even though they were at home, it might even do them some good to be away from home. This is like the first time they've had no pressure. So, you know. I, they can win the, They can win that game on Sunday. Yeah. So, I, I, I'll be cheering for them, although there's part of me that it's just like, Kyle Shanahan's got to do this one time with these 49ers teams, right? Like, they're – yeah, the thing about the Niners to me is they're kind of due. Like, they've paid their dues. Yeah. It feels like it's time for them to get over the hump, and then you could have the the rematch over a decade later, um, the last time they got this far with Turn Ravens. Turn the lights off at halftime? Niners. Yeah. Yeah. They, they feel like they're due to me because they've been knocking on the door with Shanahan. Uh, and it it feels like it's time mm-hmm. for them. They, they've been aggressive going out and getting McCaffrey – yeah. Um, they're not. They're, that roster is getting old, uh, but it feels like it's time for them. But the Lions—they've just got all the mojo uh, right now. And again, if that game's tight, they're going to think they're going to win it. And I—I I think that if it's tight, I really—they're going to have a really, really good chance. I think in the fourth quarter. But I—I I, I do worry about if their defense can get enough stops. Feels like a live betting scenario, where I'm pretty sure too. Our friends at FanDuel had a. a a boost for all live bets on NFL games. So something to keep in mind on Sunday, because here's the other part too. Like one of those games is probably going to be a blowout. Another one's probably not, you know, like I, we rarely get both of them that are great games. So, yeah. Yeah. Like last year with the Niners Eagles, you thought that was going to be an awesome game. And then they get it hurt. Good, it's just yeah. Random. It was one versus two. And then, yeah, it was like, really, this is it. <laughs> Hopefully we get treated to some great football um, and we hope you've enjoyed joining us on 11 personnel. It was a little different with our pal, Roger Sherman. Um, it was a lot of fun just talking, going on the road. Um, so you can follow him. He's at Roger on Twitter, which just, I'm, I mean, what a great handle. Like he got on that early, um, but we enjoyed chatting with him. The Eric Wolford situation, just, uh, still can't believe it. <laughs> It's gonna, it's gonna take a while to kind of get the, the brain, uh, get the dolls locked back in. Like it's just, just weird. Whew. Just weird. Well, yeah, yeah. That was. Uh, you want to talk about all time curveball, man? Curveballs, man. Expect the unexpected. College football. What a sport. <sighs> what a sport indeed. Well, it's been a pleasure talking to y'all tonight. For Adam Lockett, I'm Nick Roush. Go Cats and go Crow Green. 
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.